Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Mask On, Mask Off, presented by 725. In today's episode, we got a special guest. Well, everybody's always special, but this one is a special guest. This is my boy, Hell Arnie. Yeah. Um, we go back to freshman year when uh, a lot of the times I spent crashing in his in his dorm. And his Hell dorm. yeah, those are the I lit times, time, man. No, really. <laughs> Thank you for coming, bro. Dude, anytime, bro. I got you. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to throw um, my own interpretation on on who you are because you do a lot of things like album covers, um, car design. So, how would you really just dis- describe yourself in your practice? Man, I would say I would say uh, myself and my practice are. I, I like to, you know, group it into one thing, you know. I believe that as a creative, what you create has to come from a part of you, you know? Right. And, you know, you can call it art, you can call it design, you can call it expression, poetry, rap, you know, album covers, what it's, it, all, it all just shows, it's, it's kind of like a reflection. So I would say, you know, what makes me a designer, what makes me myself is always the ability to, I don't know, find something new. So... Um, even in the album covers that I do uh, for musicians, actually locally here in Savannah, because I mean, like, you know, you have to you have to get the people around you moving, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. You listen to the music, you're like, dude, I, I I feel this, you know, and then make a nice album cover for them. I always try to go with something out of my comfort zone, you know. Right. So yeah, I would say I would say that's the thing that actually goes around all my work, you know. Yeah. So yeah. let's 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 just trace it way back because when we met, I remember you were always you were always expressing yourself and drawing like designing cars and and things of Hell that yeah. nature. So like, have you always had this kind of perspective um, on just like creating, or have you were you like that kid that I was like, no, I want to just I want to do industrial design, and you knew that? Oh no, man! Like so, industrial design was actually a relatively new thing for me, right? Uh, it started out. I wanted to be a scientist. <laughs> yeah, as, 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 as a, yeah, yeah. As, as a little kid, dude, it, it was the best thing ever. Like looking at these guys and like their coats and they're, they're just doing stuff, you know. Like they mix this and that together and wham, something. It was like magic, you know. Mm-hmm. Just it was magic that you could trace back. So I would say creation has always been at the forefront of it for me, right? Um, just things like drawing. Uh, public speaking, those are two things that I know came like readily available to me as a young kid. Like I would, I was, I would do, people always had stage fright. I was ready 100% to, in schools, we had assemblies uh, back in Nigeria and they would always ask for some people to come read some things out, right? And everyone just kind of went like, I don't want to do that. It's like, dude, give it to me, I'll do it. And most times I go on stage and I mess up. (laughs) Like mess up 100% stumble on some words say the wrong thing totally freeze in front of everyone it was it's funny because after that like i always want to do it again so that's how i just knew that i liked it you know uh drawing man like i just i just thought it was it was really interesting i mean watching cartoons growing up and knowing that all the animated ones which were always my favorite someone drew like everything right so i was just thinking man that's that's a really it's a really universal way to communicate right so drawing, sketching, it doesn't even matter about like the cars or whatever. In fact, most industrial designers call my drawing style, they, they call it illustration. They don't call it design sketching, you know? 
Okay. Uh, it, it, it was mainly about, it was mainly just about the communication aspect. Is is that's I feel like as human beings, that's one of the hardest things for us to do. You know, right. reasoning, communicating. I mean, even what we're doing right now. If if we didn't speak the same language, if you didn't understand like the vibe, you know, I could right. say something as easy as yeah, dude. I mean, I could say something like um, I love your podcast, right? Yeah. And if I said I love your podcast versus I love your podcast, it's two different things. You know. Right. Like the 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 way you communicate something and you know what it is, all that kind of stuff. It's it's something that makes us human. So I mean, my sister, my older sister, uh, where she she's she's more on the language side. She knows so many languages, like seven, I think. And that's her own way of communicating. Yes, seven. She knows my mom's language, Igbo, my dad's language, Ibibio. She knows another Nigerian language, uh, Hausa. She knows the pidgin, the Creole that we all speak. She knows English. She knows a little bit of a Mandarin, and then she knows Arabic. Man, so like you, crazy you stuff. Creole. Yeah. So there's there's this pidgin Creole that we speak in Nigeria. It's uh, dude, Nigeria has like five hundred or something different languages. Jeez. So, yeah, man, like it's crazy. Every single state has at least three, at least, dude. And you know because it's the it borders, like in Nigeria, the lingua franca is English, the business language is English. You know. Yeah. And uh, all the countries around it, you know, they're all colonized by French-speaking countries. So, or by, you know, France. So even those languages bleed into ours, you know, it's, it's all like a mix. So basically the pigeon kind of, you know, kind of mix of everything came up and that's what everyone speaks. You know, if, if I meet someone at home, you know, and I'm like, hey, how are you doing? They'll look at me like, oh, who's this guy? You know, I'm like, ah, how far? You know, it's like, hey, how you doing? How far, my guy? How are you doing? You know, you talk. And it's it's kind of what you use to show that you're part of the people back home. So yeah, she can speak that, but I was never really the language person. You know, I, I learned English, I learned uh, my mom's language, and I was just kind of like, oh yeah, that's that's good enough. So uh, you know, a little bit of French because of school, but um, dude, drawing all this stuff, like drawing, and if you draw something, I mean, it can be interpreted in different ways, but. It's it's something that you know visual communication is something that right. if you have eyes you will be able to understand what it is you know right uh, so in Nigeria growing up was there where you were at was there a lot of, a community of like artists or people that were like encouraged to pursue art or things of that nature or is it something that you you were like your own uh okay so. I grew up in Port Harcourt in River State, Nigeria. Um, <clears throat> Port Harcourt is very artsy. It's kind of like the thing, for lack of a better comparison, it's kind of like the, not New York, yeah. It's kind of like New York of Nigeria. You know, it's it's like the business side, you know, kind of LA's, you know, about like music and all that, just kind of like Atlanta, you know, like, yeah. you know, artistic expression, but Port Harcourt was very business oriented. And, you know, oil and all that, that's Nigeria's main export, you know. So most of, I went to a boarding school and it was a science school, actually. Most of the people around, art was just, it wasn't the most important thing. It was everywhere, but I feel like that's what made it kind of, quote unquote, unimportant, you know, mm. because you would go to the, you go to the restaurants, dude, no restaurant wall was blank. It was covered with yeah. art from 
every style, you know, everywhere you went, it was just, it was just there, you know? So the school I went to was mainly focused on science and innovation, you know, technical drawing and architecture, all that kind of fun stuff, you know? You said architecture? Architecture, man. I took so many architecture classes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had to take a technical drawing and uh, drafting. So they were were fun. Those are like the classes that I killed because, you know, math was just kind of like something that you had to do to just ace it. It was never really like a passion, you know? If math is your passion, man, you have a different kind of brain. (laughs) But, you know, yeah, you have a different kind of brain. There was actually this guy, his name was Kenichuku. He was in my class. Very, very quiet guy. But dude, this guy's fucking brilliant. Am I allowed to cuss on this? He's he's brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant guy. Like, we're just doing math to get the grades. Man's for fun would actually, like, take a piece of paper and start the formulas they would teach us. He would start creating his own from that, you know? And all of us are just looking like, who the, who the, who is this guy? Because he would take that stuff and he would switch it all around, create something that even the professor hadn't heard about, like the teachers. And that's what he used to solve. Sometimes they will fail him for it because they were like, no, we didn't teach you this. But he's like, it worked, right? Yeah, yeah, dude. And if you think about it, it was the same thing. That's the same thing creatives in our space do, right? You don't want to just do something that everyone else has done. You kind of take something and you marinate and you bring out something of yours. So that was actually the first person that I saw do that with math. And I was like, dang, bro, that's crazy. I didn't know you could do that. (laughs) But yeah, my school is mainly technology focused, but you know, I I, uh, gravitated more towards the art side. And 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 let's be be very clear. That's not to say that you were, you're not a, a good student because fun fact, fun fact, fun fact, this man was 17 when he was a freshman <laughs> in college, 17. <laughs> Continue. Yeah, dude. Hell yeah, bro. My, I, I was a good student, man, because it was mainly because of the pride, you know, like it, it was just, if, if, if you're on, you know, there's, there's a stigma that comes with it, right? Mm-hmm. If you're an artsy person or if you have a more like, free mind then they tend to think that you you're not grounded in reality you know that kind of thing right and and it's like ah why why is that so why why is that the case you know think of someone like um uh who would i even call now i mean most of the great philosophers and artists of you know that we study now uh michelangelo and all these guys i don't want to start naming our history was a long time ago but you know (laughs) they weren't (laughs) they weren't only just artists they were musicians for a reason they did yeah dude they did multiple things and you know they came up with creations that like they were out of this world you know so yeah bro my sats were banging like it wasn't even a problem all that kind of all that kind of stuff but it wasn't i feel like at the end of the day and I think this is what everyone should do, right? There, there's a natural inclination to what you like. And, and how you know what you like is what you find yourself, you know, spending that extra, like, dollar on, you know? Like, they say time is money. So after you've been given homework, if you just do it to do it, then there's a high chance that you shouldn't be doing it, you know? Yeah. But if you do it and you think about it and you're like, dang, that sucks. I have to do it again. And then you do it again. And then you still think, oh, I should keep like moving in this. And that's most likely what you should be doing. You know, they say people ask, oh, what do you want to do with life? But I feel like that's the wrong question. You should be asking, 
what kind of suffering do you want to get in life, you know? And mm. what would you like suffer for, like to to reach that stage? For example, someone likes working out. Eight out, ten, eight out of 10 of the times, it's not just the working out, you know? It's the physical pain that, you know, makes right. them like, yeah, like I feel good when that happens. I know for me, design is my passion because, man, I can be on my computer for like till 6 a.m. in the morning, moving one line on an object, literally just one line, because I just, I know that it's not like that, you know? But for other stuff, I'm like, ah, yeah, it looks good, all right, you know? I'm out. But with design, it's like, yeah, this this is what I pay that extra time dollar on, you know? Put like my energy into it. I wake up in the morning and people tell me, man, you look dead. And I'm like, dude, I feel alive, you know? So, yeah. It, I mean, you can be good at whatever. You can put your time and your effort into it. But at the end of the day, what really matters is, you know, is what you want to, like, like what, which kind of pain makes you feel good, you know? And that's how you get to a good place. And it's, it's amazing you were, you were talking about, you know, the attention to detail and the line because, you know, Tadiwa, you know, uh, my cousin. Tadiwa. Hell yeah. Man, he's he's gone like he can have something done, but like just the simple like a line not being curved the right way, he will spend hours just like manipulating, you know, the line. And that, you know, that type of stuff is always inspiring. You know, it's like everybody has their own different processes. Like for me, like music, like an if an ad lib or if I say a word a certain way, it doesn't come out right. I'll spend this like six hours, however many hours just doing it. It's kind of frustrating, but it's fun. But like yeah. I always, it's it's always cool to like understand and see other people's process and what they do. So, what's like the rigor for you in in your process, and like what is your creative process when you're designing? Hmm. So, <clears throat> when I'm designing, my creative process always starts with questions. You know, I feel like, like I said earlier, as a creative, it stems from like your own your own self. You know. I always ask questions about everything. I'm that guy, you know, the one that professors don't like. Actually, professors like, but teachers in high school didn't like. So they say something, (laughs) yeah. Dude, they say something like, yeah, one plus one is two. And I'm like, why? And they're like, because it is. I'm like, that's not good enough. (laughs) They're like, get out of my class, dude. But it always starts with questions. And, you know, there's, there's this common thing that if you ask questions, that means you don't understand. And that means that you don't know. And it's not like a good thing to do. And I don't know where that came from, but you know, if you, who are you fooling? That's, that's what's the thing. If you, if you, if you, if there's a problem it's because it's simply just because somebody didn't ask the right questions or somebody's questions got ignored. That's, that's why, that's the only reason why there should be a problem, you know? So my creative process starts out with asking all the questions. Uh, I use Miro. I'm a visual person, so I ask, you know, put on sticky notes and just get like a big mind map on anything, you know, that my brain can touch on. So let's say, for example, I'm designing um, something simple like um, flower pot, you know, yeah. I ask myself, OK, why, why do people even have flowers in the pot? You know, mm. like why, why was that the thing that people even started with? You know, why flowers? Why, why is it flowers that people decide? Why is it the pretty ones that people bring to your house, you know? Why don't they bring like the, you know, why why do you, why why bring plants to your house in the first place? You know, right. uh, what kind of pots do people use? 
why is it like this certain kind of shape? You know, you do your research, you get out there, you see which ones are the most popular, you see which ones are the least popular, and then try to make like a comparison of why that is. And you move on to the next stage. You think, um, why didn't people just plant the plants like all over their whole house? You know, why did they decide to keep it in a certain place? You know, then you move away from even the pot itself and the flower to like after it, you know, taking care of this thing. Most people, they have flowers. I mean, if you have a flower in your house, you have a flower pot, you take care of it, you water it, you do all that kind of stuff. So why is it, why do people even want to do that? You know, why don't they just get something that would sustain itself, you know? And you just keep asking questions. The more you ask questions, the more you would, uh, the more areas would open and the more you can make a change. There's something that my young, my, my oldest sister used to do uh, when we were cleaning up our rooms, right? Yeah. Uh, I was never like the tidiest person, dude. Like if my clothes were just like chilling, dude, yeah. I'll, I'll take off my clothes and like, woo, you know, this yeah. one, wow, like, this one, woo, like everywhere. And my sister was, on the other hand, very tidy. She was very untidy, but she always, like, it was a problem for her. So she would, you know, be untidy and then get everything together. And there was something that I always, anytime we had to clean our rooms, she always did this thing that I always thought was so weird. But, you know, growing up, I actually understood what she was doing. She would take everything in the room that was out of place and throw it in the middle of the room, you know? Hmm. And it would just look like the biggest mess on earth. Like, it, it would just be a heap of everything in the world. And she would just take time putting everything into where she thinks it's supposed to be. And at the end of the day, anything that was remaining in the middle wasn't useful, you know? Like, it didn't have a place. And it just, it took so much time. It was annoying because, you know, I want to play with all of them. So I would have my room done because I would just kind of move things around so it looks good. And she would take everything, throw it in the middle, and it would take her like, two days to get it all done. But at the end of the day, her room always looked, like, pristine, you know? Yeah. And... Yeah, I, I think getting that kind of mindset into design is, is something that I always strive for, you know, so get everything down on the table, let it be messy, let it be there, uh, you know, go through everything, see every, you know, question or every aspect, and then arrange it into where it's supposed to be. And then after that, obviously, ideation and, uh, you know, there's, there's this thing, it's called the double diamond. Okay. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a famous process for design thinking so basically what it says is you know you have your problem and just like a diamond so you branch out you find everything right you just try to branch out and see whatever and then from then you you know converge again and you come up with a low-key solution and then you branch out and then you converge again so it looks like two diamonds and i feel like that's always kind of i feel like it's the best uh the best foundation for that so just make sure that you do it twice make sure that you're always diverging to see what's out there coming down opening up again and you know converging and then I, I tried my best not to do anything alone because you know they say research uh, research you know ask the you know, target audience what they need you know or try to get data on the target audience because they, say they don't really know what they want they don't need other problems you know but there's if you, if you do it alone or if you just do it with one team then there's a huge chance that whatever you come up with if it's not you know diverse if the team isn't diverse enough in their thought in you know their experiences then it be the solution can be very polarized you know 
yeah. a big thing, man. Like designing with equity, with the, uh, I mean, not only racial equity, man, but racial equity, like even different people, like thinking uh, processes, you know, uh, different sides, you know, you, you, you always need to get diverse in whatever you're doing. Variety is the spice of life, you feel? Yeah. And speaking yeah. of like equity, like whenever, whenever you're designing, right, let's say you're, you're designing for a company, like in, in, in your field, do you have any type of ownership rights to, to your design or do you have to hand that over to, to the company? Hmm. So it depends for, for SCAD pros and stuff like that. You, you can, you, you always sign an NDA, so you can't really talk much about it. You can't. Uh, post it online, but you can talk to recruiters about it. And um, it is, it's mainly just going to be about what you did and all that kind of stuff. But naturally in design, if you, if you design for a company out of, you know, SCAD, so, and out of an internship, you're just like for a company, then you, you have rights to, it, you know, no. it's all going to be in the contract. That's the thing, man. Read the fine print. <laughs> yeah, Always facts. read the fine print, man. Dude, yeah, that has gotten me into so much trouble, especially with leasing, man. Like here in Savannah. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't I don't want to call I don't want to call it any names, bro. But you know, right. some some particular housing situations here in Savannah. Yeah. Uh, you 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 sign something and then later they come and say they're like, Oh, this is what you signed. And you're like, hey, that's not that doesn't make sense. I didn't sign that. And then you check in like, oh, that is what I said, you know? Yeah. Read the fine print. It'll take you like an extra, probably, you know, 20 minutes, but um, download one of those like text-to-speech stuff and just listen through what you're signing, man. Contracts. Contracts are very important. They're, they're the written agreements or whatever. So, I mean, if you sign a contract and they're like, oh yeah, at the end of the day, you're not going to have any rights to this. If that's fine with you, sign it. If it's not, get out, you know? So right. it, it all just varies. Yeah, because I've heard some 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 wicked stuff like again like talking to people who are like ux and like they'll design like something or they'll code something and like once they give like work with the company like they won't even get it like credited for it like they can talk about it and put in their pro like in their portfolio but they don't like they won't they don't own it and i'm just like man, that's crazy like i feel like every designer should have equity in like whatever they create you know hell yeah dude i mean it's, it's that same thing about, you know, the golden goose and the eggs, right? For me, if that kind of thing happens to me, I'll be like, ah, dude, you can, you can take my egg. You can take my little gold egg, but I'm the goose, man. I'm going to have more, you know? Yeah, true. Yeah, true. dude, like you can take it. It's, it's fine. Right? It's, it's not the best thing I ever did in my life. You know, take it. After a while, dude, there'll be another problem. I'll do it again. And what are you going to do about it? You know? Yeah. So, yeah. And speaking of that, I, I heard through the grapevine you're working on a, a water bottle, a sustainable. Yeah, bottle, yeah, bro. Yeah. So uh, right now we're doing um, a side. It's, it's a we're consulting for jug water bottles. If you don't know them, you should get to know them. You know, anyone it? watching this podcast at the end of this, J U U G water bottles. Okay. Uh, the CEO is a really dope guy, Kendrick. Um, and the main the main aim is sustainability and also just 
not just sustainability on like a material kind of thing. You know, I think a lot of people, when they think of sustainability, that's what they think about. But um, when you make a water bottle, what's, what's the life cycle, you know, mm-hmm. especially one that is targeted towards people uh, that work out a lot, you know, not just uh, like an everyday water bottle, you know? Right. So what, how do people use it in the gym? You know, why do they even have water bottles in the gym? And at the end of, you know, the life cycle of using that, first, you have to make it human-centered, you know, human-centered as in when someone is using this, it should feel like it's a part of them, you know, you don't want to be holding some foreign thing in an uncomfortable way going to the gym, you know, a lot of people forget the water bottles at the gym because of like, you know, different things. And then human-centered design, that's that. And then the next thing is, you know, earth-centered, nature-centered design. So at the end of the day, when they throw away that water bottle, because they are, you know, yeah, like it's, it's going to be in their possession and then it's not, what's going to happen to it? And what, how can we make that, you know, cycle back into, uh, how can we give it a second life technically? So yeah, we're, we're doing a lot of research on uh, either reusable plastics or, you know, from the materials we're just trying to get like a lot of insights it made me even start going to the gym more man because i have to make yeah. more friends there you know <laughs> nice so now yeah 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 dude you get, get in there and i'm like all right so what this this water bottle like i'm using it what happens with it and i feel like it's it's such a i like working on projects like that right because there it's not where your mind goes to at first you know it's uh it's a water bottle right like dude Take, take whatever to the gym and do your workout. But the thing is, problems like that are the insidious kinds, you know? They just they just kind of get into people's lives, you know? It's like, it's like when you try on a nice shirt, have you ever worn like a shirt and you're like, dude, this, this is good, you know? Yeah. This fits well, like it right. feels good. Like it's breathable, it's nice. Like, man, I want to jump up and down right now, you know? And it's, it's the little stuff like that that actually change people's experiences. So yeah, dude, it's exciting. Um, and yeah, jog water bottles, man. Get to know them, they're dope. Hell yeah. Yeah, man. I'm 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 excited to see what you end up creating or coming up with. Definitely Hell yeah, dude. Throw one my way when it's done. I got you. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I got I appreciate you, you coming through and you know, just chopping it up with me, bro. If there's like a final thing you could say, just any type of advice. Um, like, what, what would you say to the people real quick before we cut out? Man, okay. Um, giving advice, I, I'll give advice also, you know, it's it's something that I need to do, something that you need to do, something everybody needs to do, you know? The only thing that's constant in life is change, you know? Yeah. So if you feel like you should be changing in something, then you most likely should. You feel what I mean? Don't be scared to get out of your comfort zone. Do something different, you know? And just make sure that whatever, whichever situation that you're in, right? Take it and contrast it with your own values. See what's up. And if it's not the right situation for you, make sure you try to, you know, align that. Change. It's, 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 it's good. It's fine. And if you don't change, you're going to wish you had. The best time to do something is 20 years ago. And apart from 20 years ago, it's now, you know? Yeah. So yeah, meditate also. 
<laughs> hey, I've been hearing that a Hell lot yeah. lately. That's that's why you said that. Meditate, man. It's it's yeah, dude. Meditate nowadays, man. Stimulation is the thing, dude. You you open your phone, there's five hundred notifications. You everyone's constantly working, especially now that you know things are more virtual. It's very easy to just keep having stuff rolling in and rolling in and rolling in and rolling in, and you know you'll burn out. You're you're human being. Technology is is a uh, it's it's moving faster than human beings do, you know? Yeah. It's evolving faster than we are. So if you don't take the time to settle down and clear the blank space, you know, just clear it out and you know, think, then do, think, you know, use headspace, man. Like use use anything. Use Spotify, um daily wellness, you know, use all those stuff. There's another one out there, but meditate. It's 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 the best thing you can do for yourself, and it's a habit. It's like a muscle, you know. Breath work, all that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah, mindfulness is 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 the best thing you can do. It's is the best present that you can give to your future self. I'll tell you that. At first, I was not a believer. I was like, man, I don't want to sit down and do nothing. But it's not nothing. It's it's work. Like it's harder work than actual work, you know. Right. And the more you do it for yourself, it's kind of like exercise. You know? Your your mind will just feel good yeah and that's perfect thank you again bro i got you man i got you <laughs>